0: Hello all, and welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. My name is Steve Linsagne, and before we dive into the episode today, hosted by the excellent Emma Metter, I just wanted to touch base really quickly on the recent derecho storm that swept through Iowa this past week. There are thousands of Iowans that are living in places of residence that their cities have condemned or in tents amid the debris of their homes. Local news organizations have been reporting on this disaster and we still need substantial help to get many people back on their feed. For a list of ways you can help, please visit thegazette.com to search for a list of up-to-date options for help, or to receive help, and check out our show notes for those links. Thank you for your assistance, and here with our episode is Emma.
1: We're back with an episode diving into COVID-19 contact tracing. Contact tracing allows for mapping out disease transmission by figuring out where a case got the virus and who they could have potentially spread it to. Contact tracers aim to contact each individual in their region or county who has tested positive for COVID-19. They interview the case on the progression of their illness and symptoms and additionally, any possible close contacts they could have had either in the community, at work, in their home, or through social gatherings. These tracers then contact each of those close contacts and provide guidance and recommendations that the CDC has laid out for self-isolation. To get a closer look into what the work of contact tracing entails, I sat down with three other University of Iowa College of Public Health students We are currently contact tracing to discuss its importance and impact. Well, hello, and thank you so much for speaking with me today on From the Front Row. I am very excited to get the chance to speak to each of you and hear about your experience as being a contact tracer. To start off, do you wanna go around and just introduce yourself, name, age, anticipated degree, and then where you've been contact tracing out of?
2: So my is Nate Savage, uh, I'm 20, uh, this next year I'll be a junior at the University of Iowa. So I plan on uh, graduating with a public health degree, I really like environmental health and then epidemiology, and I'm contact tracing here out of Johnson County.
3: My name is Rebecca Ngufi, I am 21, I'm going to be a senior this year, I major in public health with a, uh, with a minor in social justice, on the BA track, and I'm interested
4: in community behavioral health. Uh, I'm Olivia Dunkinger, I'm 21, and I'll be a fourth year in the public health undergrad program. I'm interested in maternal child health and community health, and I've been contact tracing at Lynn County. Awesome. I forgot I work at Johnson County.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So my first question is, what has your experience been like starting a position like this during a global pandemic?
2: I've had I've had a lot of fun this summer. it's been kind of like my first like real job, I guess, uh, doing actual public health related stuff, and it feels good making an impact and like because like if you're hard work, if you do like get your work done, you are making an impact and helping other people out in the community. And it's been really fun to make connections with the staff. I felt like I didn't have a whole lot of connections before this, but I've met some
4: uh, people I really like and that I feel like I good some good opportunities with. I'd say it's been a big challenge, um, but also so rewarding. A challenge simply because we're constantly learning new things about COVID-19, so you're kind of always have to be on the top of your game for um, when you're conducting interviews, because you're learning so much new information, you want to be applying the best practices while doing so. Um, but it's also been so rewarding to be able to apply these things that I'm learning in class in a real world setting. I would have never anticipated as a freshman three years ago that I would be doing public health work during a pandemic. Um, so in that sense, it's, it's been a very, very great experience just to be able to apply my school content to my professional work too
3: yeah I would say it was scary at first, like I didn't know what I was doing, and like I didn't know like how to like approach every s- in the situation, but it was a lot of like learning and like I really appreciate having that um experience, especially during a pandemic where there's not much that we could have done this summer, so yeah I'm appreciative of that
1: definitely and then, in your own words, backing up just a little bit, how would you describe contact tracing? What exactly is it you guys have been doing? And what is the overarching goal of it?
2: Um, so I'd say, I mean, for Johnson County anyways, each day we get uh, new case reports in and those are the positive cases. And so then they'll pull out a survey. And then through that, we can kind of see who their possible exposures were. And then through that part is the contact tracing. Uh, that's when we get in touch with those people and say, hey, you might have exposed and basically uh, give recommendations off that on what they should do.
3: I'd say, yeah, like, it's the same thing, but, like, just, like, disease investigation and, like, trying to find, like, the start, the starting point of, like, the positive. So, like, if you were hanging out with someone, like, where could I, where could you have possibly gotten it? So, like, it's kind of interesting and, like, kind of like
4: a mind game. Yeah, I think it's always a challenge a little bit to jog people's memories because you're looking <laughs> at such a long period of time that they could have been exposed to somebody. So, having to ask, hey, where have you been in the last, you know, 14 days <laughs> makes people pretty hard about who they've been
1: around and i think it's been really interesting too just being able to take all of the recommendations and guidance that the cdc has laid out for public health departments and taking that information into our investigations to help us reach our overarching goal of finding all of those possible contacts and exposures that the case may have had because i know we have to look back 48 hours prior to their onset of symptoms And then while they're symptomatic, anyone they would have been in contact with for six feet or less for 15 minutes or more. So just taking all the information that is provided for us to be able to find all those contacts. And then moving on to my next question, have you guys noticed any common misconceptions or things people may not understand about contact tracing?
4: I think sometimes I talk to potential contacts on the phone, um, they can be a little bit confused why they're being contacted because they haven't been tested. So they assume because they don't have COVID-19, I'm okay, I can keep going to work. I can keep hanging out with my friends, whatever it may be. Um, So I think there's a little bit of a misconception or confusion over even though you may have never been tested or you might not currently, you know, be infected with COVID-19, you have been exposed to someone. So for those 14 days after that exposure, you could develop symptoms at any point in there. You could become contagious with COVID-19 at any point in those two weeks. Um so yeah, I would say I think sometimes people are just confused why they're being contacted if they haven't been tested or um you know, just assume that they don't have it because they're not showing symptoms.
3: Yeah, also going off of that like some people will be like in contact with someone like on day one and they get tested the next day and they're like well i tested negative so i'm good and it's like no like this is an incubation period so like that like that's another like misconception and other people like find it like you're like invading their privacy so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't want to tell you how to live your life but like this is like a way to be safer so yeah the whole issue about that too
2: yeah, I would just kind of say it's uh it's kind of uh, an an individual responsibility, uh because I feel like a lot of people will think uh the whole community will do stuff to protect everyone, but if you have been a contact and whether you did test negative
1: or whatever other explanation you might have, uh, it's best to follow uh, the recommendations that you were given because you're not just putting yourself at risk, but other people in the community too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think those are all really great points you guys have brought up. I think also just something I've found is that sometimes when we're calling cases, they feel like we're like judging them or mad at them for being in the position they're in. But that's not the case at all. Like this virus doesn't discriminate it whatsoever. It will infect anyone and we're really just contacting them because we want to help and we want to stop the spread of this virus because it really is just not doing any good and it's just causing so much pain and harm. So really the goal of what we're trying to do is just to help this outbreak.
4: You brought we a really good point there, Emma, too, because I think a public misconception is that the only people testing positive are people that are constantly hanging around, you know, 20, 30 people every single day. And while there certainly are people that test positive that are, you know, in and large social gatherings, there's also people who simply are catching it because they go to the grocery store. Yeah. Like I've talked to numerous people who have, no contacts other than the people that they live with, and somehow they've still tested positive and are showing symptoms. So I think that's another kind of misconception is, is who can get COVID-19. It's frankly anyone.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That's a great point. And then moving forward just a little bit, how do you think this job has helped prepare you to enter the field of public health as a future public health professional?
4: I'm really interested in working with people on a one-on-one basis. And so I think this has challenged me a lot to develop interview skills, Mm -hmm. which is something we've practiced in a couple of my um, previous public health classes. But it it takes a lot of practice, you know, to kind of get an understanding of the person that you're talking to while asking them kind of sensitive information about themselves and their condition. Um, So I would say, I think just kind of that patient care learning how to speak with other individuals about their health problems, that's been a really, really valuable skill for me to work on. Yeah, I agree with uh, Olivia on that one. Uh, Because you do, uh, it's kind of a skill you sharpen as you go
3: along, but being able to communicate effectively with strangers because we are passing on important important information.
2: And sometimes you got to build a connection, whether it's a casual tone you're talking in or some common ground or something, but it is best to connect with them that gives the more gives you more information on what you need to know
3: i think like another thing that i learned is like how to handle like sensitive information and like because like the stuff that you tell these people like when you can be released is like really important and like because like obviously if you give them the wrong day then they might be like still infections and be out there so like just have to like be careful with like what you're saying and how you're saying it to people that's something that i've really valued with this experience
1: yeah, thank you for bringing up those points, guys. I think that they're great. I would definitely agree that this job has helped me prepare to enter the field of public health. Um, in the aspect of better being able to communicate and talk to cases, speaking to them in a way that makes them feel comfortable, explaining their situation and sharing that information that might be kind of sensitive, and then also being able to communicate to them all of the guidance and recommendations that. The CDC or the WHO or the Iowa Department of Public Health has laid out in a way that is really easy to understand because you do talk to people from every age group, um, demographic, education level. You have to be able to talk to anyone. And I think that's so important. And then not only are we talking to Cases, but I know I also have to talk to healthcare professionals in the hospitals and doctors' offices because we have to see if they have been notified of their diagnosis before we interview them. So, really, you're not only getting to improve upon your communication skills with cases, but also just healthcare professionals within every aspect of the healthcare system. And then going off of what we just talked about. What do you guys think has been the most rewarding part of contact tracing so far? And then also what has challenged you the most so far? It's always rewarding to pass
2: on uh, important information that people need to know. It's not always the best when the person's caught off guard or surprised, Um, but it is nice knowing that you are, like, um, I guess making an impact. Um, But I'd say, like, some of the most rewarding things is, like, identifying an outbreak early whether it's at a graduation party from a high school senior or some family gathering or something, uh, being able to identify that early and uh, just try to limit it as much as possible, I find that to be kind of something fun to work on.
4: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think we're, we're to connect dots between different cases and see like where you know a little outbreak has, it has happened and then being able to catch those contacts early is relieving but also very rewarding because you're like oh we caught that right before it turned into something larger you know um but I also think I I have had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are just very thankful for what I Lynn County specifically specifically just because that's where I'm working um all the efforts that they're doing right now to you know make reopening the city and stuff um safe for everyone involved and so I think talking to those people is is always rewarding because it's kind of that they just display a lot of gratitude for this work and I think that's very. You know, cool to experience.
3: Yeah, I would say like it's also rewarding like seeing everything that we've been working in in classes and saying, like well it's like we always say like hypothetical situation or, like things that happened in the past but like actually having this happen and we're the ones that like are in the front lines then it's like rewarding to be like the person to say that I did this and it's like you're working with the people in the community and they're suffering but, like you're trying to help them through this situation. But did you also ask like what oh, was challenging? Yeah. Yeah, it was like challenging, like especially when you have like a case of like a two month old or like mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I just get like personal. Like, I food for a lot of people, so like it's just really challenging when you get like really difficult cases.
1: Yeah, and I think like going off that a little bit too, something something that's been really challenging for me too is to put away any sort of personal beliefs or like biases or perceptions I have when I'm talking to these people and really just putting forward my professional like voice and head so I can gather the best interview I can because sometimes people will be calling that believe that the virus is a hoax or that it's not real and I know know that getting upset with them or arguing with them is not going to help anything whatsoever so I really have to put away all of those views i have and just focus on being the best contact tracer i can be and really just doing whatever i can to gather the best information possible so i don't know if you guys have run into that at all but i know that's something that's been really challenging for me
2: i have i actually was surprised i feel like with uh i have felt that that most of the community or people i've talked to they've been more cooperative than i thought coming in i thought i would receive more backlash but they have been pretty cooperative but i do agree with you on that because some, some
4: cases are challenging to try to talk, do not have your opinion be too much in it, but really all you can do is just lay out your uh, best advice and health like recommendations and then they can choose to do uh, with the information as they please. Mhm. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had a couple of cases like that and I think I've seen both ends of the spectrum where it's people who don't believe anything that I'm telling them and are very upset that you know they've even been contacted and that the state's even doing anything right now about mm-hmm. this and then... I had the opposite end where people don't think that we're doing enough. So either way it, it's, it's challenging and also draining, I think, to have those conversations because like you guys have both said, there's really nothing I can do other than give our professional recommendation, um, that's coming from the state and give them those out, uh, those guidelines and allow them to do what they choose to do with that information. Um, but it's, it's definitely challenging because obviously we're all very passionate and care about you know, responding to COVID-19 in a way that is helping our communities. And so sometimes to feel like other people don't understand that or don't believe in that, it, it, it it gets frustrating over time.
1: I agree. It definitely can be frustrating sometimes. And I think through all those difficult conversations and understanding how people have different views and different opinions, we're able to grow not only as a student, but a person and just an individual in The field of public health and then going on to the next question what is one thing you thought you knew about contact tracing and or COVID 19 going into this job and then later realized that you were wrong about or have you had any sort of perception change
2: i kind of touched on this uh a little bit briefly in the previous question but i did i wasn't expecting more people to get mad at me on the phone i have had some people get mad at me get mad at me on the phone don't get me wrong but I have also had people who uh gave some rewarding comments for thank me thank me for my work, and I wasn't really expecting to hear that coming into this job.
3: Yeah, I didn't know how many steps like it took to like get to close a uh a case. like <laughs> we have to do so many phone calls and like a lot of like I, I don't know like I thought it was just a case investigation and like we do contact tracing and then we're done, but like I didn't know like all the steps were taken to just get like to close a case, so that was interesting see
4: yeah I think on the same note it's the follow-up process that was new to me or wasn't expecting at least like working with patients until they meet our recovery criteria and calling them to check in on their symptoms and see how they're doing I, I guess I I'd kind of assumed that if we would do the interview find their contacts and then that would be it for the case and so yeah definitely the follow-up and the aftermath of an interview was new to me or not what I expected
1: and I think Something else, too, that's really surprised me, um, and that I just didn't really realize with all these with viruses and outbreaks, is that since they are, well, since COVID-19 is a new virus, we're continuously learning more about it. So, recommendations are changing all the time by the CDC. I know, for instance, they just changed one of the recovery criterias to 24 hours with no fever um, versus the three days it was usually. So, just, like, you always have to be up to date on the virus and what's going on and what the CDC has recommended because it is such a new virus and I know they've recently discovered that it's not just a respiratory virus like which what I thought it was but it's also a vascular virus and it can affect like your blood vessels and can cause blood clotting and oxygen deprivation so I just think it's been something I didn't realize is how much you can learn about a virus and these different outbreaks like as they're happening. I just, it's stuff you hear about, but you never really have to go through or you never thought you would have to go through. So
4: something I found. That's a really great point. I think we've learned so much in such a short period of time too, Mm -hmm. where it almost feels like our information is constantly changing. (laughs) And I know some people can be frustrated because they feel like the guidelines have changed and, you know, who's coming up with this or, or whatever, but whatever recommendations we're putting forward or what the best information we know at the
1: time says. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I think this was a great discussion and I wish you guys all the best moving forward. Thank you.
4: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: I hope this interview was able to provide a closer look into some of the ways public health is working in this pandemic. By tracking close contacts and the travel of each case, a probable path of virus transmission is found. In this pandemic, prevention is key and can help prevent further spread of COVID-19 within our communities. And personally, the experience of contact tracing is something I will never forget. Not only has it allowed for me to grow as a future public health professional, but it's really just opened up my eyes and provided me with an inside look at how a virus can cause devastating effects for families and or individuals. Um, For instance, like when a family member tests positive for COVID, not only do they have to stay home from work and self isolate, but everyone in their family does as well. And with the whole family staying home from work, who is making money to put food on the table or pay the bills? Or what if a mother tests positive and has to choose between holding and caring for her young child or not giving them COVID-19? Not only do these positive individuals have to isolate from their friends and work, but from their family as well. And it's just a position that no one wants to be in or should have to be in. And just seeing the pain that this virus can cause just makes me realize how much more serious this pandemic needs to be taken because, just while it may not affect you, it can significantly affect someone else. And with that being said, I think it just highlights the importance of practicing all the preventative measures that the CDC and the Iowa Department of Public Health has advised. By maintaining six feet distance, wearing a mask, avoiding crowds or bars, and just practicing good hygiene, this virus really could end. But it, just requires the work of each and every one of us because this virus doesn't discriminate and no one is immune to it. I really just think we should all be doing what we can and what we have the privilege to do, not only to protect ourselves, but everyone around us. And then just to wrap things up, while contact tracing is crucial in a pandemic, it's just a sliver of the work public health has been putting forth into this pandemic. And I would just like to thank everyone, not only the field of public health, but everyone in the healthcare field and each and every one of the essential workers for just collectively putting their skills together to help fight this pandemic. We appreciate you so much and the work you do does not go unnoticed. And all right, that's it for this week. Let us know what you thought about this episode and series at cph-gradambassador.com. At uiowa.edu. That is cph g r a d a m b a s s a d o r at uiowa.edu. You can find us on Facebook at the University of Iowa College of Public Health. We're on iTunes and Spotify as well as the University of Iowa College of Public Health. And thank you to our guests, Nate Savage, Rebecca Nyangufi, and Olivia Dankinger. This episode of From the Front Row was hosted by Emma Metter. Steve Sonnier produced and edited this episode. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. See you next week.